Welcome to the Before Midnight Podcast, coming to you from the N Plus One Studios overlooking beautiful downtown Frankfurt. In this podcast, we explore the world of age group triathletes. We'll be looking at the real world challenges of being an amateur multi-sport athlete. I'm your host, Linda Word, along with my co-host, Brian Schenkenfelder. How's it going today, Brian? Phenomenal, as awesome. always. Yay. Good times. <laughs> Although I feel a little tired today. <laughs> yeah, like arrived and you're asleep <laughs> in a chair. I'm like, oh, I wasn't completely asleep. You I was were. getting close. I heard just you coming. Do, just dozing. I was resting my eyes, the folks would say. The, yes. The parental Yes. <laughs> you are a parental unit. That, uh, that, that phrase isn't used as much. That was much my parents saying. My gender. I don't hear oh, it. Resting your that. eyes? Yeah, resting your Yeah, no, I don't hear it. I mean, it's not something that I say. But yeah, my parents would say that. Yeah. That's the previous generation's uh, yeah. terminal has not really gone forward. No. No. <laughs> We just say, I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun to pull it out when you're like trying to make. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Going old school. That's it. Yeah, it's a day. It's swim day, so you've been up early. Yeah, an early morning. I, I don't get that. That's your problem. It's not the fact that you got to get up early. It's that you can't go to sleep early because you have a night owl for a child. Yeah, that's a big. Yeah. And I was a night owl, and then him, him being a night owl makes me a night owl again. Oh. I mean, that's when I was a kid. I mean,. When I was young, I mean, I remember in college, we, the bars didn't close. That's college. I mean, we all did that in college. But as an adult, no. Well, I didn't ever really master. Really? Well, I guess you wouldn't have a reason to. No, I'm in IT. No one expected you up <laughs> into work before nine. I guess I mean, being... the early risers would show up between eight and nine. I guess being at school, you know, teaching young kids, you got to be there at seven. Anyway, so I've yeah, always had... in also, also off <laughs> Well, but also, I mean, I grew up... Not grew up, but like after college working at a farm. I mean, if you're working, at, when I worked at the racetrack, you had to be there at four in the morning. I mean, that's when all the workouts happen. That's, you know, yeah. and you're done at noon. But in IT, you go in at nine or ten and you don't come home until seven or eight at night. I mean, that's yeah. a different Yeah, it's just a different culture. Yeah, very different. Because <laughs> most of them are night owls themselves. I mean, hey, you work in the mornings, yeah. IT. You go to work when uh, you're still at work when I'm getting up at 3.30. Yeah, in the old days. Now I now I go to yeah. usually. Depending on what time your son is. Uh... Although he's going to bed. My mm-hmm. problem is get stuck on boats oh, 10.30. That's a big one. Trying to get well, your kid will be home this week because we're on Thanksgiving break. Yay. God, I needed a break so bad. I know. Yeah. We're on opposite schedules. No, <laughs> no, now I have to deal with him instead of doing my stuff. <laughs> I don't get vacations. I'm not as bad as like a, yeah. just they worked. No. You just work. and You just work. You do the you same thing a, every day. Yep. You just family gets together during now. Yeah. I assume it's the same thing. Most of your farmers, especially yeah. like dairy. Oh, gosh. I, I cannot imagine being a dairy farmer. That's got to be the hardest. Absolute hardest. I mean, because there is, there's just no, yeah, I mean, you just can't get away with taking any time off. Not that you can't, anytime you have animals involved, you know, they've got to be fed at the very minimum. But dairy cows, I mean, you got a whole bunch of other stuff that has to be done every single yeah, day. Yeah, have, you have to milk them daily. You can't afford yeah, not to milk them. Yeah, you can't not to. You know, you're going to put some sick cows. So, yeah, no, that's not a field I would ever, ever consider going into. Horses were bad enough. I mean, we didn't take vacations. Who am I going to get to take care of 12 horses? Well, I guess that's where it's nice if you have, like, an extended family-type environment. Rotate through some of the... Yeah, our problem, my basic problem is our vacations were family vacations, so everybody went. yeah. And trying to get, it was always a challenge to get somebody to come in and 
take care of all. So I'm down to one pony now. In a... So this is why I have cats. You can just leave the cats yeah, and go. Exactly. No, you call me and I come and I take care of them. Yeah, but they, they don't know, need it. That's my you have indoor cats. <clears throat> I cannot imagine if somebody didn't come by every few days what it would smell like in here. Well, they go in and out. If if you want to, you don't kick them out. Yeah. They'd get by first. If it's a week, yeah, you're going to have to replenish the food somewhere along the way. Right. Because, I mean, if the food's outside, you get raccoons and everybody else eats it. And... Yeah. But it's not like a dog you have to take out the True. throughout that or yeah. <laughs> take care of. Uh, yeah. Now I've got the fish on a feeder system, so now it's an automatic feed to worry about. Well, that's nice. Yeah, so trips Kinda... really aren't a problem. I mean, if I go away for a weekend, it's the cats are fine. They'll fend for themselves. Yeah, and yeah a weekend's fine. The fish can fend for themselves, and the, the gecko, <laughs> hopefully it's still alive. I don't, my wife feeds. So do you even see that thing anymore? Generally not. She's been getting them. He likes me. Don't really see it. So what else has been going on besides lack of sleep? You know, I've been trying to work on a, a morning routine. Because my mornings are very much a, you wake up, you kind of get dressed, you make coffee, some food, and then there's usually a little bit of time, and then work begins. And that little bit of time is always, and that can be a bad thing, because that can lead to me not getting other things. I was going to say, that can be a like while. a, you know, depth of a hole. <laughs> Fortunately, I've gotten out of, like, social media, so I don't have that oh, that's hole. Good. But there's other holes you can go into, time-consuming. Yeah. <laughs> so what I've been trying to do is, like, okay, can I create a, a routine that allows me to, connect with my philosophy, my mission statement, what I'm trying to do each day, and really get me on a level to start executing earlier in the day. Okay. Uh, and my problem is my schedule now is so messed up because it's like one day I don't have to do anything. I can wake up. I have some time to do whatever mm -hmm. to get you know to center and really start focusing on the day. And then the other day I'm going to swimming and I get up a lot of time. No, there's not a whole lot of time. You kind of go out the door because I got to be at the FAC about 5:50, right? 45, 5:50ish time. So I'm trying to figure that. That kind of messes with you to try to keep the same routine day in and day out when you have the, every other day is a completely different schedule. Huh? I don't have a problem with that at all because I do it all the time. Because one day I'm up at four and there's no time. Yeah. The next day I'm up at 6:30 or so and there's time. Yeah. Before the day starts to do this. So how do I have the same routine each day? That's what I'm trying to figure okay. out. Okay. I just don't have the same routine. I just... Well, see, the key is, is having that same routine and really getting out there and executing on the day properly. I'm having establishing. Okay. Although I'm, I think I'm getting that. All I have to do is minutes earlier. I think I can compress in routine on the swim days. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll see how that goes, but it's yeah, it's been this this battle because each day is so previous, and it's every other day because I swim right Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Saturday yeah, with Saturday being the worst or Friday night where right. we're up even later just to get up the night. Except for you. Yes. <laughs> and the joy that I have with that. Yeah. No. No, you love your sport. Just wish it wasn't that early. <laughs> it can be a grind. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I guess with my routine, because. You know, I'm in school, and I have figured out that my brain just doesn't work very well in the afternoon. So I do all my studying in the morning, like 90% of it. And I got the Garmin tax, so my alarm goes off at 3.30. I have coffee, kind of chill out for a little bit, about 20 minutes. And then at least two days a week, I'm going and getting on the bike, and I'm reading or watching videos or whatever I've got to do for school. But if it's a day that I've got to write something, 
obviously I can't do that on the bike. I can't type. <laughs> don't think that's yeah. Oh, it's doable, but it's, it's doable, but it's a little yeah. more challenging. Yeah. So there might be a morning that I'm still getting up at the same time, but I'm not exercising that early in the morning. But like, you're getting up the same time every day. I'm not getting up the same. Time not necessarily. Like this morning, I didn't get up until four thirty because I knew. Yeah, but I'm like getting up between. Five and like seven, like two or three hours. Oh, yeah. No, I'm either three thirty, four thirty, or five thirty. Those are those are the alarm times that are set on my phone, depending on what I have to get done, what I want to do. You know, if I want to go to the gym, I try to get to the gym before, like about four. So that's an early morning. I try to do the bike. So yeah, most more days than not, I'm getting up at three thirty. Yeah, but for me, it's one day's 4.30, one day's 6.30, one day's 7. Yeah. 7.30. I mean, you're talking about wildly uh, different schedule responsibilities. It's just kind of a... Friday's a 5.30 day. It really makes it hard for me to get a rhythm, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. When it's that wildly different. You yeah. know, you're talking about different lots of sleep, too. Yeah. Um, I have a bedtime alarm on my phone to tell me when to go to bed, or at least to start winding down. Yeah. Very well. <laughs> Not in your house. Me, it's just me. <laughs> no, my phone actually ahead. starts to shut down because with the Google, you can set a bedtime and it'll go into do not disturb mode. Oh, well, mine doesn't. And tell you you're heading towards that time. Yeah. It still doesn't. I have an alarm that goes off and it does. It goes on do not disturb. So, that... so yeah. So I'm just trying to do the same thing yeah. every day and it's just challenging, challenging. because I, I don't have the same amount of time mm-hmm. between when I'm dressed and when I have to operate. That's the problem. That's my problem. Yeah. Because, you you know, I want, it, I want it to be the same thing wildly. Yeah. 30 seconds. Good luck. Well, I had a wild weekend, that's for sure. And uh, I uh, I didn't show up to swim on Saturday. What was I doing? I went mountain biking instead. That's been crazy. Um, and then Sunday, we had a, I was a, of course, it's going to be crappy weather, but I was the pace captain for a half marathon for the Gobbler. It's a good race. There, it's um, over at a farm in Lexington. I think we had close to 300 participants. So okay. it's pretty good. Yeah. For a race that it was going to be, I mean, the weather was looking really questionable. Um, did it rain? Yes. What day did it rain? Sunday. It Sunday. Yeah, it rained like yeah. all day Sunday too. Right. So the race started at 8.30 and the initial forecast said it was going to start raining at 8. Okay. And it was like, oh, man. But then it kind of pushed off until like 11. So it was like, okay, a lot of people are going to get done right, before, before the rain. Away. And we had a 3.30 time limit on the race. So some people were going to get wet. Yeah. Kudos to my back-of-the-pack pacers because they all could have finished much sooner than they did. But they stayed out there because they were pacers. <laughs> this one guy, he was my 245. And I've never used him before. He's paced other races, but not for me. And he got finished, and I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, I mean, it's cold. It's like 37, 38 yeah, degrees. Not only is it rainy, but it's <sighs> 40 degrees, but the weather and everything feels like it's in yeah, the 30s. it was miserable. And he was like, that was so much fun. And I'm like, you're insane. Yeah. All right. That, that. Yeah, he had a blast. He ran back because his wife was behind him, and so he went back, and I was like, where is he going? But he was going back to come in with her. Yeah. So, no, yeah. There's nothing fun about me. No, no. Kudos to my uh, lead cyclist. He went out there. I mean, the winner one did it in 111, so like way before the rain started. Yeah. So that lead cyclist, I mean, he was free to go. That I would was... have packed my bike up. If I was going to hang around, I would have hung around without my bike. Yeah, that was that was his obligation, and he did it. And he went back out on that course, and I thought 
I, I mean, that I must have missed him and that he had gone home. But yeah. no, he stayed, and he came in with that very last runner. Three hours and 15 minutes, I think. Yeah, I would have... I, I would have like gotten off my bike, put my bike away, maybe walked out a mile or two into the course, and then come in with the last person that way. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could have kept up with whoever was the last place person at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. He just, he just. I mean, he could just kept on riding the course. He did over 30 miles. Yeah. On the bike that well, day. Well, at least he so. got a good ride in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. That's yeah, one yeah, of the things. Yeah, if yeah. it's not raining, if the weather's nice, it's well. Raining. Yeah, you do it the whole time because the weather's nice. But and you're on a closed road, so it's really fun. On some of these races around here, I've got cyclists that are like, "That's really fun because they can, go, you know, you can't go super fast because there's runners in the way, can't pick them off, but you know, <laughs> but they get to ride on closed course. So that's pretty. Yeah, cool. the the rain's the bigger problem. I don't like a bike, and it's just so dense. Yeah, I uh, know mm-hmm. the the bikes. They are weather resistant. They are water resistant. But if you don't clean, bad thing. I mean, the professional riders will ride in them and they'll wash them. Yeah. Wash by professionals. Yeah, they have somebody else day. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you the, and me got to go home and do yeah, it ourselves. If you don't keep them clean, yeah, the dirt gets. Yeah. And bad things begin to happen over a while with rain. That's when you start squeezing and stuff like that on your. Probably went riding in the rain and didn't. I came home and I felt bad. Normally, I put my bike. In my car, it was my mountain bike though, so I wasn't real worried about it. It's an older bike, and uh, and so it was on the rack on the back of the car, and I'm like, oh god, it's getting disgusting. I'm like I just rode a big deal, but I didn't. I dried it off, got it all clean, redid the chain, everything. When I got home, I was good, good to be taking care of my bike. So didn't yeah, listen to beast. This is challenging. But then, uh, so one of our what we're going to talk about a little bit today at the race. Unfortunately, we had a major medical event happen with a runner. I've never, I mean, I've seen people collapse at the end of races, you know, that happens. People, you know, they fall down, whatever, they're so exhausted, you know, pick them up, give them some sugar, whatever, you know, you see it at races all the time, they just, people overextend themselves. I have a tendency to sit down, like as soon as I cross that finish line, I'm like, I'm going to sit down. (laughs) And they're always like coming over. Are you okay? Are you okay? Like, yeah. Just give me a minute. I'm just, yeah. I'm just gonna sit here and just chill for a few seconds. Give me a minute. I just need a minute to regroup a little bit over here. <laughs> yeah. Just a little moment to myself. You're, f- I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, I've seen people puke. You know. I mean, I've, uh, I've never done. I won't do that. Oh God, I'll slow down before I puke. No, there was one race where this one guy tried to pit me at the finish line, forty or fifty yards out. He tried to buy me. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> let's go. So we go into the sprint, and, and I get to the finish line, and he ended up backing off the last second. Like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> and Because uh, I think he was like, he, he he didn't say something, but I mean, you could tell he was picking up that pace at the end right. to try to pass me. And I'm right. Like, Let's go. <laughs> uh, I That's got to, to the do. end, and I was like sucking wind, because that was basically this anaerobic mm-hmm. thing. There's no wind. And when I do it, when I'm in that situation, I will lean over and bend over and kind of maybe like go down and kind of into a squat mm-hmm. for me that is easier to breathe than standing up and the race people are like oh stand up stand up I'm like dude just give me a minute <laughs> chill <laughs> give me a minute this is my position i'm comfortable i can breathe here i don't need to stand up just leave me alone <laughs> don't make me stand up <laughs> well we had a girl uh so she finished probably my two hour pacer had gone through he did a great job and this girl probably came by maybe 10 minutes later and she was walking around, and I didn't pay attention. You know, a lot of people, you know, that's a very popular time to finish in a half marathon. You right, know, it's You're right in around the, the two, of the pack to, two to twenty. You know, two twenty. Yeah, it's right know. in the middle of the pack. Yeah. 
So she was walking and I hear a thud, like really bad. And it's like, holy cow, she had collapsed and she had actually hit uh, a parked car that was there. Uh, it was one of the food vendors or something. And I was like, whoa. So I went running over um, and it was a gravel driveway. There were leaves and she, uh, familiar just with previous work experience with what seizures look like. And she was having a grand mal seizure. She flat out, shaking. eyes shaking, body stiff. You know, she was having a seizure. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I'm looking around, making sure, you know, the first thing with first aid, make sure the situation is safe, the area is safe. I'm like, okay, is there anything for her to hit herself right. on? Yeah, you're what to happened here? I'm trying to figure out, out what yeah. the heck is going on. Right. Who is this girl? So I'm kind of taking a mental note of her number. It's like, does she have epilepsy? Because yeah, if she has epilepsy, then this is bad, but it's not necessarily a 911 call. Right. If that's, you know, in her medical history. So boyfriend comes running over and he's like, I'm, was about to ask him and then a gentleman comes over and he says i'm an er doctor and i'm like have at it there you go. it's all yours <laughs> awesome and then another guy comes over and he's like i'm in it and these guys are all finished the race so i'm like oh thank goodness y'all are fast too <laughs> or at least middle of the pack and uh he was an anesthesiologist and another woman came over she was an er nurse I'm yeah like, we're in good hands here and uh so they were asking the boyfriend and the girl was not epileptic um so they were like, call 911. So I, the race director was there at that point, too. So I called 911, and I'm on the phone with them. And I look over, and they're doing CPR. Oh, wow. This girl's heart had stopped. I mean, she was turning blue. Yeah. She was not the right color. And I'm holy cow, they're doing <laughs> they're doing CPR. And so and I, I don't even know what I said to the 911 operator, but she was really good. She was really comfortable. She's like, I'm going to keep you on the phone until they get here because we're on a farm. Right. In a race. And I'm like, I don't even know how to get the ambulances in there because it's a narrow road. Right. There's cars coming out from the 5K and 10K already. It was so luckily everybody stayed super, super calm. I mean, those doctors that were working on her, they brought her back. She was having a seizure again. They ended up having to do CPR again. And by the time the ambulance got there, they had stopped CPR and she was having another seizure. And she was 23. I mean, it was. It was just crazy. We still don't know. Uh, I know she's okay. Well, that's good. You know, I get. I did get that news that night. Um, the boyfriend uh, texted a picture to the race director of her taking a bite out of her medal. <laughs> it's like well earned. <laughs> it's like she finished. She got that medal. Like, oh yeah. At least she finished. And didn't yeah, she did finish. <laughs> so yeah. That'd be a bummer in the last like now, hundred yards. Like poof. After after I found out she was okay, I was like, I wonder if anybody stopped her Garmin. But I was not going to say that at that time. Yeah, no, that'd be bad. (laughs) The Garmin has like total running time, not running. True, true, and you so you can figure it out. Yeah. But I had a friend that did pass out at a race, and nobody turned off her Garmin. (laughs) She was mad. You can't be mad. You've passed out. Like you've given up the right to be mad when you pass out. Yeah, I was a little more concerned about your physical condition (laughs) than your Garmin stats. Sorry. (laughs) She well, she she was mad because the ambulance ride. (laughs) <laughs> make the garment all kinds of wine. Yeah. She's like, well, that just kind of ruined that. I'm like, you were unconscious. Yeah, you, you figure it out. You can, yeah, no. you can go back and there's ways to chuff up your garment day. If you really want, you can figure out what your We can edit this for you. Yeah. You can edit the file. Yeah. But <sighs> anyway, but I, you know, I've not a medical person. I've never seen anything like that. And it really got me thinking, you know, oh, okay, do I need to go find a, 
AD to carrying a backpack all the time. <laughs> I probably won't, but no, I'm, you just have. To, that's why it's good to to know CPR. Yeah. If you're going to be in a endurance, that's that's one of the qualifications. Right. Almost all of the different certs. Like I mean, I have to be cert. for personal trainer and for uh, Roadrunners Club in America. Do you for USAT? USAT. And like yeah. being a lifeguard as well. Right. I do um, as um, everybody in the preschool. All the teachers have to have it. The reality is if you don't have somebody there, medicine chose to. <laughs> no. Um, actually, the ER nurse was, she was like, uh, she said something. I don't know, she didn't say a statistic or anything, but this was after everything had calmed down. And she was, you know, she said bystander CPR. I mean, it saves people. But usually it's someone who's done it before yeah that's the big thing if you're like someone like me who's never really performed it i mean it might work fairly well i don't know the nice thing about like a your your endurance races is because the type of people who get into endurance races you're probably gonna have somebody in the medical profession there well those three were working on her there was a nurse standing behind me that's a friend of mine. There was another nurse that had run and got a backpack. Yeah. Cause, and she came back. She's like, my car was too far away because nobody had a mask. And it's like, all of them were like, yeah, we weren't really worried about yeah. using a mask. We were going to save the girl's life. Yeah, yeah that's the <laughs> thing. Oh, no, germs. No, not the not an issue right now. No, that's you know, generally that not situation. the concern. I, yeah, because you always get the little mask and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's attached to the like, keychain. It's like, it's like yeah. No one's going to have that in their back pocket and ready for something like that. You just have to, in those situations, you have to just execute and right. move on. Well, it had me thinking, it's like, okay, I've CPR trained not too long ago. And after watching it all, you know, could I have done it? And I think I could have. I think, you know, I'm, I am the type of person I panic later, not in a situation. Well, it's not so much that you can, can or can't do it. It's can you do it right? <laughs> well, Yeah. I mean, because that's the real question is getting because the main thing is to get those compressions, the right spot spot and the right depth. Yeah. And those are things that I think are hard if you're not someone who's professional who's kind of been in that environment. On this particular person, it probably wouldn't have been too bad because, you know, just people of different configurations, people that are larger, it might be a whole lot harder for somebody like me to figure out where to do those chest compressions. But, you know, this girl, like I said, she was pretty skinny. It was pretty easy to see, you know, exactly where to put your hands. I don't think they broke her ribs either. I know that sometimes happens. Yeah, but, that's just because um, you put it in the wrong spot. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, I usually. mean, I don't know. A friend of mine, his dad, they broke his ribs, but it saved his life. So. He was well, not. I mean, you're, you're you know you're trying to get a compression. If yeah. if you don't get in the right spot, you can break a rib, but you're still getting a compression of some yeah. sort. It's, yeah. You know, you're supposed to be right underneath the sternum, and you're supposed to get that clear well, underneath. Yeah. Supposed to be not on the rib cage. I don't know. It really would matter as long as it saved the person, I guess. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it, technically, that's where it's supposed to be. Right, it's supposed to be right underneath that rib cage. Right. It, it's usually when you're too high. Is when you, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. It doesn't mean it's not going to save your life. It's just yeah. that's what that's one of the side effects. That's one of the side effects. Completely of it. wrong. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. Yeah. No, they uh they did two sets, you know, and they actually traded off. Um, That's the best the way second to do it. set. So there was the two gentlemen that were doing it, and then the nurse was checking the pulse and all. Um, I mean, that's the part, actually, that makes me the most nervous is would I be able to... I'd get so nervous that I didn't find a pulse. It's like, am I doing this part wrong? But Uh-oh. I'm assuming that looking at the girl turning blue, I would know. 
she's not breathing. I need to do CPR with her, you know, whether right. I can figure out where her pulse is or not. Well, that's for the risk. Uh, yeah. That's the other thing, too. Wear a road ID. Because, I mean, they were looking. That's one of the first things that they looked for was whether or not, you know, she had a road ID, some kind of identification on her. Because that would say if she had seizures. No, I don't have that. You know, that's on you. Because <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, okay, here's her number. How can I find out her medical history fast enough? This is going to take a while for me to, you know, look it up online and figure out is, you know, who's the emergency people. Luckily, the boyfriend was right there. Yeah. But if she had been at that race by herself, you know, and there hadn't been anybody, well, there, it would have taken some time. You just, you, you call the ambulance, you get them out the door, and then you worry about that stuff later. Yeah. You worry about the emergency when they're on their way. To the, like, hey, we sent them to the hospital. Go collect Well, but if there's important medical history, then... Yeah, but you're never going to find that out in a situation. No one's going to sit there and be like, well, let's look up the information. If there just happens to be, if they happen to have a road ID that just happens to have, have one it. piece of information on it that's useful, great. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not going to carry your medical ID. No, I mean, no, I realize that. But having, you know, that was a, a, just watching everything happen. It was like, okay, this, these are the things that you look for first. Yeah. You know, they are looking for that kind of identification. They're looking for that medical alert bracelet or whatever to see, okay, is there something that we need to know, you know. And the fact that she probably didn't have one probably meant she's probably fairly she's fine. healthy. Yeah. 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 But it turns out she something was... that's outside the norm. Yeah. It was, well, it was definitely um, something I never want to experience again. In no, those are tough. That happened yeah. at one of uh, the local races. I wasn't there. Local try where a guy had a heart attack after a couple minutes after the finish. Oh wow! He had like a widowmaker. It was like oh. a bad one. Oh wow! And they just happened to be people that finished at CPR right. and had some experience, and they kept them, you know, alive until the ambulance got there and he made it home. And uh, those were one of those heart attacks that they have like a 95, 96% death rate. Yeah. <laughs> but he survived it. And, you know, and afterwards he's like, if it had happened anywhere other than at the end of that race, it probably yeah. wouldn't have ended good for me. Yeah. <laughs> it is a good That's thing. Crazy. We have medical professionals that, uh, that are healthy and that like to race. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that type. I mean, if you go to a race, you're going to find a lot of those type A personalities, medical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, know, and also like coaches, that. you know, at least people not, you know, my husband's not certified in first aid CPR. You know, he has no need to be. I don't know. I don't know too many people that aren't in a field that requires it True. that just go and do. Yeah, but it's your, you know, you have enough type A personalities, you're going to have somebody with CPR. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting time. What were you saying? There was like... One in one in every two hundred thousand racers. Yeah, it's like yeah, one person in every two hundred thousand uh, was the statistic. I was trying to figure out. Yeah, if you do enough races, you're going to see that because I mean, yeah, most races aren't very big, but if you do a hundred races or around a hundred races, you're right. going to see that once or twice. Well, and especially if you're at any of the big races, you know, Boston, Chicago, you know, they get twenty and thirty thousand people. But the big races are also gonna have medical personnel. True. The small Everywhere. the small races well, because the big races are gonna have it because the chances of something happening are likely. Yeah. When you've got thirty thousand people. Yeah. Yeah. You're, and you're a lot of times have it's one the spectators, not even the runners. Yeah, you're likely to have one or two in one of those giant races every year. Yeah. And you're always gonna have some of the medical emergencies that aren't heart related or anything like that mm-hmm. as well at those things. I uh, I usually smaller races don't have it. Number one, it's they just 
that type of staff online and still yeah i mean really the only if you have a local race that have it, it's probably because location that's hosting requires it and right. not necessarily <laughs> the race director wanting i don't to believe one. that it's required here in kentucky um i will have to look actually i know what's not um yeah you mean, know, the races that have it or you know i think you have to be over a certain size or something or because it's the venues that I mean, because, yeah, the chance of, if you only have 200 racers, the chance of it happening at your race is like one in a thousand. That's less 0.1% chance of it happening. You know, that's just something that doesn't happen at local races very often for a reason, because it's fairly rare. It's just too small of an amount of people. Yeah, it's... The other thing that, you know, I do the pacers, and I always talk to them about, you know, I ask them to run with their phone, because just they're the eyes. You know, if somebody falls or something like that, they're the ones that are out on the course that are going to see that happen and can get the person help. But I don't usually think about heart attacks happening in the middle of a race. I always think of those as being near the end of the race. And I was reading some statistic that it's within the last four miles or something is usually of a marathon. My guess is it happens when people start walking. Well, this girl did walk. She was with my two-hour pacer and started walking. Because that's when the dynamics change. Your heart rate begins to go down. You... It's kind of like waking up in the morning. You get up, you start moving around, and you're doing something a little bit different, and something shakes loose. And <laughs> Yeah, most heart attacks are in the morning. I'm just yeah. reading that statistic. To, I don't know what the numbers are. I mean, I, I imagine it's that whole change of state. I've created this hyper state. Something's probably broken loose. Something happens, but when mm-hmm. I slow down, everything slows down, and now all of a sudden, instead of it flowing through freely, now it's flowing through much slower. Now that clog actually happens. And there it goes. Down you go. That that would be my guess. Is it's kind of a, you know, when you're running, you, you know, everything's moving through your body pretty, pretty quickly, quickly blood, yeah. everything else, and you slow down. You know, you broke something loose during that process, but because there's so much coming through, you don't really get it until you slow down. And everything slows mm-hmm. down, and now that blockage can actually. Place it. That'd be my guess. That's why it probably happens late because that's when people walk in. in I figured it was because too. late in the race is when they're exerting more. I just assume it's because they're. I mean, I'm, that's why you know over yeah. the finish line. You know, that type of, you know, that's, but I couldn't find any numbers on that. So we're making a whole lot of assumptions here. We are. I'm just kind of. We're not medical people. (laughs) No, I'm not a medical person. I'm just kind of guessing as to kind of how fluids work and how in general more by the dynamical standpoint. We had a gentleman on a bike ride that we're pretty sure was going to have a stroke. And he didn't because he was pushing up a hill. And we think that it pushed, he collapsed at the top of the hill. And he, but he was conscious the whole time. Yeah never had any problems and we're thinking he avoided the stroke because he had he was pushing up a hill and kind of pushed that clot through it was probably starting at the bottom of the hill yeah um yeah i mean you, you know, when, when you're going hard i mean the blood flow is faster i can't i imagine that just kind of a blockage in that type of mm-hmm. situation going slower yeah you know in the morning i get it because you've everything's kind of sluggish and you get up and whatever may have broken loose finally yeah clogs up once you start moving around a little bit in the morning yeah i don't know we'll have to look at it more well stay safe go see your cardiologist yeah i mean that's medical advice there i mean you know if you're in endurance sports you probably should have that stuff checked occasionally i know i haven't but (laughs) i did but you should but i bet but i was having issues yeah i haven't had any issues it's one of those things you don't have issues it's yeah uh, just kind of keep on going just keep on going and just don't (laughs) No, I, you know, and I don't want anybody to worry about it, but it is something, you know, that well, could happen. So be prepared for other people, if not just for yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, 
you're doing exercise, and a lot of it depends on what you're doing. If you if you're doing distance, especially if you're doing distance, especially if you're doing the Ironman, you're doing the marathon. That's when you're gonna have potential heart issues from just doing that much. Yeah. You know, if you're just a guy who does five Ks and just runs, you're not gonna have. If you don't have heart issues, you're probably not gonna get them from that level from of exercise. That, yeah. But I know with the extended endurance, you there there you can have some scarring damage and stuff like that to the heart. They've shown that hyper-endurance athletes have some negative side effects to the mm-hmm. heart. If you're one of those people who do a lot of races, do some ultras, Ironman, probably is good to check on your heart every yeah. so often. Every once in a while. I mean, it's still, statistically, you're going to be healthier than people that are sitting on the couch, though. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not going to have the <laughs> the problems of overweight. Yeah. You know, heart problems are still heart problems. True. You know? True. <laughs> well, and I, from what I'm, you know, the stories and everything that I was reading about, it seems to be congenital stuff that they just didn't know yeah. you know just stuff that they didn't know was there right you know, and it came about so well, I, I just know that like the hyper endurance gets scarred they do so much mm-hmm. I mean, that's the problem with like endurance athletes somewhere and tear on the heart for an extended yeah and that can like anything else can work yep Alrighty. well thank you so much for watching if you're watching this on youtube hit the like button subscribe if you want to see more content give us a rating we like ratings yep Always love good ratings. And if you're looking for a coach, check us out at go3sport.com. And we'll see you next week. Stay safe. Have a great day. If you want want to. to.